Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Presented by Suburban Leisure Center. The place with the big red chair. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. All right, here we go. Back for the second hour. Rich Orris here again, filling in for Scott Mosby today. And, man, we've had some some great turnout, some great calls from Stan, Patty, Ed, John, June, and Jim. And speaking of all that, we've got Phil on the line. Let's get right to Phil and see what he has going on for us. Phil, can you hear me? Yes, I think so. Awesome. Thanks for calling. What's going on? Uh, just recently, I had my sore line out to the street cleaned out because of tree roots. And uh, I was thinking Scott had told me or, or I had heard on the radio that there's something you can put in your sewer line every so often to keep the roots from coming back. Um, so that one, I would say, um, so Scott talks often about doing the Ridex in your pipes to help just keep the debris and, and stuff like that stuck from the, the sides of the pipes and everything. Even if you're not in, you know, a septic system, you can put this in each of your, your sinks, stuff like that. There's a little formula to do that. I don't know how well that would help with roots, but I know there is something that the, um, and I'm not sure of the product, but there is some stuff that, you know, the sewer people put in there to eat away at them a little bit more, even after they clear it out and help clear it out more so that it's a little bit longer before they have to be back again. Um, but unfortunately those roots will, they'll just keep coming, you know, until, yeah, it, until it's, it's, it's taken care of. Right now that the camera through there, you know, I could see no more roots. I mean, it was crystal clean by the, when they left. Okay. So I would, I was just hoping I could put something down there maybe once a month or something like that that would prevent them from growing back. Yeah, so so I don't know that the, the Riddick stuff is going to help with that, that, that we're always promoting, but I know there is um, there is some products out there and there is something that, you know, the sewer drain cleaner people, you know, recommend putting in there or they put in there. I've seen them once they've done the snaking, they'll put it in there to help keep it, you know, take a little bit longer for them roots to grow back, but I, I'm not positive what that uh, product is. Okay. All right. But Hey, if there is somebody out there too, you know, we've got it. It happened like twice last week with me here. If somebody knows the name of that product, we've got this whole deep bench out there. This university of KMOX, Scott always calls it that uh, if there's a, a plumber or a sewer line clean out guy out there that wants to call in and give us a helpful hand on what this product is, that would be truly awesome to, to help us all out, help fill out. So, all right. Pre- Thank you. Appreciate the call. You're very welcome, Phil. Wish I had a, a better answer of what that product is exactly, but um you know, it is very common and they do come back and, you know, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of people just once a year, the sewer guy comes out and, and cleans these lines out until, you know, you end up changing the lines or having a liner put in or, or something done to help prevent and, and keep them out, you know, for good. It's uh, definitely an ongoing issue out here. In our area, and you know some of the other things too, like um, the 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 question about the garage door 
from Patty and we were talking about the insulation value and, and, you know, what can happen in your garage. You know, it's kind of ironic, but just yesterday, you know, I was out on a, uh, we were doing a project walkthrough for a new project. And last year at this home, we had, you know, re just kind of renovated these, these clients garage and we insulated it and, we drywalled, you know, ceiling and the walls, and we made it really super nice and put in some shelving, and we built this big pantry out there that they could store things for their kitchen um, so they wouldn't have to go down to the basement to get some of these bigger kitchen items and stuff that they use. So we get this great pantry, but we insulated everything, sealed everything. We did the new opener like we were talking about, and we did the insulated garage door. And so when we were there yesterday... And she was showing it to the project manager that's going to run this next job. And we were kind of talking about it. They had an exercise bike out there. And she said, yeah, we're getting a treadmill next to to put out here. Because, you know, she basically says that, yeah, it's, you know, it still has a little bit of a chill. But it's actually warm enough to go out there. And now they've got a space where they can do their exercising and stuff, too. So it created some more space even for that. So, you know, really got some good use out of this garage, but it did help, you know, with that temperature difference and, you know, making it nice enough to where you can be out there when it's cold and it's not too cold to, to exercise or get stuff out of your pantry that you're going to cook with and, you know, different, different stuff like that. So, um, really just kind of a, a great thing that you could do. So I definitely recommend, those insulated garage doors, you know, it's kind of that you get what you pay for theory there of, you know, how well it's going to last. It's going to keep you warmer. It's going to, it's going to last longer in the end. You'll get more lasting value out of it. It's really kind of awesome. So, you know, think about these things and what they, what they cost more now could actually save you a little bit in the end in what you upgrade to and all of that. So we've got a little bit shorter hour here. So I'm going to take my, go through my breaks here a little bit earlier than normal, but for everybody out there, we've got plenty of time. Two more segments here with you. Give me a call 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And we will take some more calls from you right after this when we come back. All right, we are back. Got some great calls, great questions. Um, Ed called back and recommended some Zep uh, root killer for the roots in the sewer lines. I kind of looked up some stuff too, and and the one I was talking about is the one that the sewer guys use is like a foaming action. So there's a couple of them online of a foaming root killer. So um, you know, there, there's some products out there that can be used for those lines and, and keeping those those roots out is somewhat. Um, but eventually, yeah, you'll need them to come back and snake that out and clean it out very well. So, again, Rich Orris here filling in for Scott Mosby today, and we have Renee on the line. Um, Renee, thanks for calling. What do you got going on for us? Hi, Rich. Thank you so much for taking my call this morning, this oh, afternoon. Very welcome. <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah. Um, I, we just um, got a new refrigerator, you know, updated some appliances in our house. And um, the water on the, when it runs through for the water in the ice system, 
it leaves white spots. And I know that we've got a terrible hard water and, you know, deposits in the area and whatever. And yeah. I've just decided we need to make uh, this. I'm, I'm done with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I started looking it up and there are like 15,000 different house systems. There's companies that do the whole thing for you or you can buy it and have a plumber put it in. And I was just like totally overwhelmed. And I just want to get a good whole house system. And I would love some recommendations or some assistance in how to proceed with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, there's two ways you can kind of go about things as far as um, just kind of like doing the research and then having, you know, people come out and and talk about kind of like they call it the getting three bids or, or like Ed said, I'm going to get five bids on my concrete. Well, talking to some of these different people to, um, you know, see what their system is. Um, something I always talk about is see how you feel about them. You know, does it just, okay. do you get a good feeling? Do you get the sense that they know what they're talking about? They've done this a lot. You know, the, the, pro, the, the products work, stuff like that. And, and then ask a lot of good questions about, you know, warranty and who works on it and how, you know, all that sort of different stuff, because what I would recommend um, personally, and the what we've worked with here at Mosby the most, and the and the reason we like them is they actually do everything for the systems. So oh, okay. they will install the system, they make the system. The systems are theirs, so ah. they can even if you would like maintain it for you. They can deliver the salt. They can come in and they can put it in. You know, or they can just deliver it or they can maintain it and they've got really great warranties. And when there is like a warranty issue, something like that, they actually work on it. So it's gotcha. kind of all it, it's it's similar to the Mosby system. We've got a lot of in-house stuff. We do 80 percent of the work or give or take ourselves. And, and we handle everything after that with a really good, long, you know, 10 year workmanship warranty. So it's kind of like you know, all under the umbrella or that sort of thing. So Aqua Systems would be who I would say I've experienced. I would recommend them, and, and I, I've known them to do good things in the past. Um, awesome. And if you go to their website, you can see at least as of, you know, six months or a year ago or so like that, they literally had pricing. They had everything on the website. So you could literally see it all, know it all, and then they can come out and test your water and talk about what they recommend and all of that. But that's that's the know all end all that I would personally recommend. But I know there's, you know, there's ways of doing things that could cost less. You buy this different system, you have this plumber put it in, you do this, but then there's all these open holes and finger pointing if anything happens. Right, right. And yeah, the more I got into it, the more I was like, oh, okay, well, then there's this type of system and there's that type of system. And this one, yeah, it was all over the place. And I was like, oh, God, this is very confusing. Yeah. So having somebody who, you know, is very transparent and knows about the systems and yeah, I can understand how that would be very helpful. Okay, that that's amazing, Rich. Thank you so much. That gives me a, a much more solid direction, and I appreciate sure, it. Sure, absolutely, much. not a problem. 
Um, and, and the last thing I'd probably say about that is I have looked at some of these other systems that aren't like a full-on water softener system, but they're, you know, like the wires or the UV lights and the different things. And I, I've I've come to learn from people that a lot of those systems like remove the 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 material in the water for that distance, but a lot of times it literally comes back again later on down through the water line. And, you know, by the time it makes it to your faucet, it, it may be back and then it doesn't really matter if you're treating water for 10 feet, but then it reoccurs. So that's something to think about uh-huh. with some of these other and some questions to ask, like, does it really, you know, how long does that work? Will it make it to, you know, cause I've heard these things and just see, you know, what they talk about or how they react or whatever. But that's, that's why I like that full on, you know, true softener system and everything. Cause it changes it right there in a the thing. And then it's, it's like permanently out, you know, and permanently treated. So. Awesome. And that will help with like the water heater sediment and stuff like that too, right? It, it will help the, the water heater. It will help that sediment everywhere your washing machine your dishwasher your refrigerator's ice maker you got these lines that are you know three eighths inch or quarter inch lines and stuff it will it will help the life expectancy of the appliances awesome all right well that sounds like that's going to cover it all i really appreciate it very much and you have an awesome day thank you so much awesome hey you too no problem and so let's jump right to doug and See what Doug has going on for us. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yep. All right. Hey, what's going on? I had gutter problems, and I fixed that. But while I had gutter problems, the rain would overflow the gutters, and it eroded my foundation dirt. And I'm wondering what is the best way to fix that, those excavations. Oh, what's the best best way to fix the ground around the house? Right. I, okay. I have some rock. And I'm wondering if I can that I want to get rid of anyway. And it's pretty good sized rock, one and a half to two inches. And I'm wondering if I can put that around the house. So your gutters were overflowing and kind of washed away some of the dirt and lowered it and stuff right around the foundation right. of the house. Yes. Okay, absolutely. And and I, I'm guessing you had the gutters taken care of so the issues corrected itself. It won't happen any longer. Is that right, Doug? And a gutter guard type screen on it. Oh, okay. So you got a screen on it so it's not clogging and, and it's not overflowing anymore. Okay, perfect. Yeah, right. so so the dirt around the foundation... Um, even the landscaping or, or whatever that is around the foundation, I would totally, I, I would definitely not recommend putting rock in there to try and fill it up. You really want something that's going to move water away from the foundation. So if you have big rocks in there to fill like a void, and, and if it ever comes back or you get more or even driving, you know, wind-driven rains towards that area, it's going to filter that water down towards your foundation, everything very quickly. If it's a looser fill or, or a rock or something like that. So I would definitely recommend like a good 
like a clay soil, like a hard soil that will literally run water away. So even if it's in a landscaped area, you want to build the soil up, use a good like clay type soil that you can kind of pack in there, get it raised up higher so it moves water on the surface of it away from the home towards the shrubs, towards the bushes or, or towards away from the home if it's grass. And then you can put grass or ground cover with mulch or decorative rock or whatever you need on top of that. But the system underneath, you want a good solid dirt that's going to move water away. If you can get some kind of clay, that would be the best thing you could use. Okay, that's that's what I kind of thought, but I was hoping to get rid of the rock. Yeah, I mean, unless it's like a really big deep hole where you would say, you know, if it's if it's three foot deep or something and you wanted to do some bigger and then some smaller rock to fill up, you know, 20 inches or so, and then you put some ground cloth to hold things there and pack it good and then do like a foot or so of that dirt that's going to, you know, sift away and get the water away. Something like that would be okay, but I'm guessing we're probably only talking like six, eight or 10 inches or something, right? Well, there's a couple areas that are actually even deeper than that. But, yeah. But I'll, I'll do what you recommend there. Yep, I'd pack it in tight and keep the water away from that foundation for sure. That way you can, you know, it'll just keep the lasting value of the foundation. Any water you can keep away from it is great, and it'll just keep you sustainable, healthy, all of that with the, with the outside and the foundation of the home. So, all right. Okay. Cool. Hey, thank you very much. no problem. Thanks for the question, Doug. Appreciate it. And I think um, we'll uh, get into our break here. And if Mike, if you can hold this line through the break, you will be the first call when we get back for everybody else. 314-436-7900. We got one segment left when we get back. So get in on it if you can. Uh, we'll be right back. All the news and all that matters to you. The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right. We are back, back at it. And uh, this is our last segment. We got it. We're getting out a little bit early for the uh, Billikens game. So we have uh, Mike on the line. Let's get right at it and see if we can help Mike out. Uh, hey, Mike, are you with us? Thanks for calling. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, just a quick question. I am removing a plaster on an interior wall of my home uh -huh. to expose. And I just want to expose the brick. Is there any structural volume to that plaster? Is there anything I should worry about? Um, yeah, absolutely. Really, there's not. Um, I, I haven't seen a situation where, you know, the plaster is basically just to finish right on top and people expose that brick all the time. You just yeah. you, what you really want to watch is as it's coming off, you know, the structural stuff is going to be in the tuck pointing of the brick. You know, so if you get you right. know way too much tuck pointing coming out and if that's real soft and and brittle and, and, you know, just really coming out a lot between the bricks, 
um, is probably okay to still do. Um, you just would need to um, get a tuck pointer in and, and get that all, you know, re-tuck pointed and, right. you know, right. put back together really well. It seems to be coming off. Uh, I just started easily, but, uh, you know, I was just wondering if there was any R value in that. Probably not much. Yeah, there's not really a lot of R value in there. I mean, yeah, yeah, there would be some just because it's a little thicker, but it's still a cementatious kind of product. So it conducts temperature right through it very easily. So when you've got the brick on the outside and, you know, clay tiles in the middle and more brick and then plaster directly to that, that's a, that's a wall system that lets that cold in the winter, you know, just transform right through it so quick and easily. So it's really, you know, not enough that it would make a difference in, your comfort level in the home, you know, with it there or gone. Sure. Okay. And it's an awesome look too, you know, I mean, it really, in some of these old, you know, downtown homes we work on all the time, it it is an awesome look. We see it in, you know, the sides of the stairwells, kitchen walls. I mean, all over people do that and it looks really good. Previously done it to my bedroom and I'm doing it in the living room and I I was just just double checking to make sure that on that exterior wall that, you know, there was no um, structural changing anything structural in that. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely not. And, and, you know, another thing that you can consider too, is once it's all, you know, down and that whole wall's exposed, they do make, you know, masonry sealers that are clear, like a silicate-based masonry sealer that you won't see it once, you know, you spray it on with like a sprayer. And it's basically meant for, you know, keeping water and moisture and stuff from coming through that brick or getting behind it, you know, from the outside. But from the inside, it can also just help with dust, you know, dust from the mortar, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just kind of help bond and hold everything together. Right. I did that in the bedroom because they use that soft brick on the inside layer. Yep. It's just soft. You know, I guess they use the fired brick on the outside and just the soft brick on the inside. So, yeah, I I covered that with the masonry sealer and, uh, yeah. and it's good. Okay, well, thanks. I appreciate it, and enjoy the show. Hey, no problem. I appreciate you calling in. Great question. Um, And, uh, yeah, so we've got just a little bit of time left here for everybody. But, you know, something with that St. Louis brick, you know, that that Mike was was talking about, and one of the reasons here in St. Louis, you know, we have so much tuck pointing and, and a lot of issues with, you know, the brickwork on a lot of our older buildings is simply exactly what Mike was just talking about. You know, a lot of this orange St. Louis brick that you see on the outside of homes, on the outside of some of these older buildings, that brick was actually meant to be inside of that wall system towards the interior and have the plaster and everything on top of it and people just, you know, like the look so much, I guess. Um, they started, you know, 
asking and referring. They, they want this on the outside. So we've got this St. Louis brick pattern that involves this really soft orange brick. And when you see it on the older buildings, defacing and, and all of that, and that's what, you know, we need so much tuck pointing and we need so much um, repair of these bricks and everything. It is a great deal to seal this brick, to kind of keep that moisture out and everything, even from the outside, because it can just, you know, help the life expectancy and help keep that brick together longer. But, you know, we see it all the time. There's all these bricks and all of the orange bricks that are in the pattern are defacing and they're getting thinner in a, you know, quarter inch or half inch layer will actually peel and fall right off out of that brick. And, you know, so it kind of brings up that whole, you know, theory of, of, you know, kind of what I was talking about earlier with, with getting hired and working through the company and stuff and of, you know, always doing the right thing and trying to always do the best that you can or supply the best products or the best way to put something together. So back then, you know, boy, wouldn't it have been great if somebody would have just kind of said, you know, I know that that orange brick looks good in the whole mix of things, but it's just not meant to be out there. And how much lasting value do you want out of this wall system? You know, eventually, you know, and of course, back then too, I mean, these homes were handed down. They were taken over by kids and families and they were in families for 50, 80, 100 years. So people were looking for lasting value if they could have just been delivered that, you know, and really given the option to go, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that's not the best idea because we don't want to have, you know, problems down the road. Um, so getting to someone that's, you know, going to not be an order taker and say, yeah, I'll I'll do that orange brick. I think it looks good too. And, and just negate the consequences of what, you know, might happen down the road, then you can get better lasting products, better lasting value out of everything. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here. That's what I'm trying to do here today. It's what I'm trying to do on a daily basis, designing projects for people, you know, and that's why even, you know, I'm, I'm not a structural engineer. I am not a licensed architect, but I am on the team that works on all of this because of the knowledge of the construction and how to put things together and the things that I've seen in the past. And I've actually, you know, there's construction flaws that like myself, us carpenters has, has made out there in the field. There's design flaws where they actually design something to look really good, but really not function very well. You know, like, um, the, talking about the gutters and the overflowing gutters and the things that are happening. Well, I've seen them just design a house to where the gutters just don't work. They just, there's too much roof water going to one small area with one small downspout. And, and they just, boy, did they, you know, and that is a, what we call a design flaw. You know, I've seen HVAC systems where I was looking at the plans going, how are we going to heat and cool this with these two systems? How, how do we get it across the second floor to the other side and the third floor to the other side? And, and the architects were like, oh, well, we'll just do 
you know, it's two systems, but, you know, the back system will do the second floor and the third floor of the back half of the house, and the front will do the second floor and the third floor of the front half of the house. And I'm like, wow, have we consulted the HVAC guy? Because that seems like a recipe for disaster to me. If you're trying to use one unit and you're heating the second floor and the third floor, and it's a bedroom and a bedroom, where do you put the thermostat? You know, if you put it on the second floor in the winter, the third floor is going to be like heated right out of the room, vice versa in the summer. You know, you'll freeze out the second floor trying to cool off the third floor. So that's why when they do multiple systems, they try and make it, you know, the whole second floor gets a system. The whole first floor and basement gets a system, The you know, to where you can then have that thermostat where you need it and focus on that level and that, you know, so I see these things they're doing, they're doing what they think would be okay, but they haven't really gotten the team together to really figure out, is there a way to do it better? And is there a way to make it last longer and have the bills lower and, you know, have these things work out for everything. So this is really the team I'm on on a daily basis here at Mosby building arts trying you know, our best to do this for every single project, every single time and have the processes and in the ways of accomplishing and working through all this to try and get the best thing done. So, you know, it's really, it's just a matter of theory and process and then just the why and the will, why are you doing what you do and what kind of will do you have to stick to it and try not to let anybody down in the end. So, hey, I hope I, I had a blast today. I, I love filling in for Scott here. And I hope everybody else had a good time and tons of callers and everything. It was really great. So you should hear back from Scott next week for sure. But I love it. And I will talk to you guys again very soon. Have a good one.